I'm Billy Hollowell, and welcome to the Prodigal Stories podcast, a show where Trey Goins Phillips and I take you through some of the most powerful stories of the day. These are stories of hope, transformation, and intrigue. On today's episode, we welcome legendary TV show host Kathy Lee Gifford. She has a new Bible-based film hitting theaters, and she's also going to talk to us about how she came to Christ, and she's going to provide some details of her career that you've likely never heard before. With no further ado, here's Kathy Lee Gifford. Kathy Lee, thanks so much for joining us today. Excited to have you. I'm happy to be with you, Billy and Trey, if those are your real names. They are. They are, believe it or not. You're not um, in the witness uh, program? The, not, right, yeah. not yet anyway. Not yet anyway. And, hope, and hopefully never. Hopefully oh, never. Hopefully. That doesn't seem like Please, it'd be very Jesus. fun. No mug shots today. No. At least not. To, we live to, to fight another day. Amen. Know? That's right. That's and we right. are more than conquerors. Fighters. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Well, listen, I, I am super excited to have you here. You always seem to have... Like you go from one amazing project to the next, and this new film that is coming out, The Way, music, biblical stories. Talk a little bit about what people can expect from this film. Well, thank you for asking and having me on. I'm telling you, it's 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 been a, a real. They always say it's been a real journey. Well, yeah, it really actually has. <laughs> you know, um, when I sat down with Nicole C. Mullen years four years ago to write a little song about Hagar, and neither of us ever dreamed it would become the God of who sees. And that became, uh, under the power of the Holy Spirit, she left for, um, we only, we started to write together, and she, we had a, a, we had a bit of the, the verse and a bit of the chorus, and she left for, for Nigeria to do, um, I think it was Nigeria to do her, her, her uh, ministry, and I left for New York to do mine, the Today's show, that's, that's where my mission field is. And I was going to finish the song while she was on, uh, when she was in Africa. And I ended up under the, uh, again, the Holy Spirit, I ended up writing about Ruth. And then I was writing about David. And then I was writing about um, Mary Magdalene. And I said, Lord, what is this? He said, well, this is not what you think it is. And I'm in this. This is an oratorio. I went, oh, okay, Lord. I'm, an oratorio is like, you know, like, um, a Tchaikovsky's uh, Peter and the Wolf. People know it. Oh, that's what it is. It's a storytelling, but with a symphonic bed to it. And I've written for Broadway. I've written for off-Broadway. I've written for film. So I think that way. I don't, I wouldn't know how to sit down and write a, a hit song if it smacked me in the face. I don't, I don't know how to do that. Some people, they know exactly where to put the hook. I don't know how to do that. I just know how to put myself in the hands of the Holy Spirit and get out of his way. And so, um, that happened, and, and it was so unbelievable when she went into the studio and, and recorded it uh, that I said, you know what? I'm going to take the money that I made from the, 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 rock, the rock, the Road, and the Rabbi book, made about half a million dollars in royalties just sitting there. And I said, in my what I call my, king, my kingdom account, you know, what do you want me to do next, Lord? And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to put an orchestra on this. We're going to record this with an orchestra. And we did. It's a Nashville Symphony, 65 players from the Nashville Symphony Orchestra. And then that turned out so unbelievably. I said, you know what? We're spending the rest of the money, kids. We're going to go to Israel and I'm going to direct you. And for the first time, I'm going to direct. I'm tired of, of not being in control of my babies from beginning to end. And I said, I'm going to direct. I feel like the Lord's leading me that way. So we did. We went to Israel and we shot it. In four days, and I've never felt so alive. I've never felt like every one of the gifts God has given me creatively came together finally all at once. The writing, the producing, 
the 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 directing now this you know that all of it like Sondheim wrote bit by bit putting it together you know it's thrilling and it is a journey so we released that on the day I left the Today Show and I think it was mm. uh, uh, April seventh of nineteen uh, nineteen two thousand seventeen and it just to an unbelievable reaction. Millions of people have seen it and been healed, saved, moved. Just the stories. If you just go on YouTube and you look at the stories after the, the video ends, it's a, it's a short film. It's 11 and a half minutes. But when you watch it, you guys, it 95% of what you see and hear in The God Who Sees was done on first take. First wow. take under the power of the... The rest was... I just were little things I had to ask because as I wanted to, uh, you know make segues a little little bit more obvious, a little better. And so that's just, we knew we had something unbelievably special then. We just gave it to mm-hmm. God. I didn't make a penny off it. I just gave it to God. It cost half a million dollars to do it. We did it. And we put it out there. And it belonged to God from the beginning anyway. So then I realized, oh my gosh, this is what I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life. I'm supposed to take these unbelievably uh, powerful, epic stories of people in the Bible and bring them to life in a brand new way that no one's ever seen before. No one's ever seen, nobody's ever done oratorios in film that I know of. Maybe they have, I'm just not aware of it, but uh, that's what I'm supposed to do. And so we went back into the studio with the, you know, five more times with the, with the symphony orchestra. We went, I couldn't go to Israel and shoot because of COVID, but I went to, we found amazing locations in, in Utah and in um, Texas. And here in, we did the, uh, a modern day version of the telling of the, uh, the prodigal son, but, but uh, shot it just a few blocks from here in my house in, in, ten, in Tennessee. And that's what I got baby wine. I mean, I called up all my friends. I didn't go through central casting. I called up my friends, Jimmy, Jimmy Allen plays the, the, uh, the, the lost son. The, the prodigal and BB Winans is the father. And, oh my gosh, I'm just pinching myself. And then uh, Claude, Claude Kelly, who's half of uh, an amazing group called uh, a duo called Lewis York. He and uh, his partner, uh, Chuck and I wrote uh, the God of the how and when, which is the fourth oratorio. And then I called up Danny Gokey and I called up Larry Gatlin and I called up all these people that perform in it. And they're all, they all said, yes, they all said yes and, and uh, showed up and and for free. They weren't asking for anything. And, and it was COVID. Everybody needed money. Halfway through it, I said, you know what? The, the Bible says uh, a workman is worth their hire. I said, Lord, you're just going to have to provide the money. I'm going to pay every single person $10,000 just for saying yes and being gracious and willing. And everybody was thrilled because, you know what? They didn't expect anything. They just wanted to be a part of it. So that's mm. just been a journey in that respect. It's taken four years. It's finally coming out. August, uh, August 30th, the book, The God of the Way, comes out. And then the, the film is going to be a fathom event, which means one time only in, in theaters around the country. And, I'm, and that, I hope people will start buying their tickets now so we can fill out these theaters and nothing's wasted. And they'll, people will be able to bring their their friends who just don't know yet that God loves them. It's a perfect opportunity for, for, um, for you to take, um, 
your friends who wouldn't go to church, would not read the Bible when they're staying in a hotel, you know, that they wouldn't do it. They, they laugh at, at, the, at Christians. They think we're, we're full of our, ourselves and we're arrogant and we're hypocritical. And they're right. We, we are. And, but they, they might watch this. They might go mm. to the movie theater. I came to know Jesus in a movie theater as a 13-year-old, a 12-year-old little uh, Jewish girl. And, uh, and Jesus spoke to my heart through a movie that the Billy Graham organization put out. And I've never been the same since. You know, the devil doesn't own the airwaves. You know, the Lord does. Everything belongs to God. And we need to reclaim them for his kingdom. We start, yeah. We've got to stop putting out dreck and call it Christians and expect it to be blessed. You know, God is a God of excellence. And there's been so many things I've wanted to like so much. But they, it, there's no, the quality's not there. You know, I mean, this movie that I did for called The Way cost two million five hundred thousand dollars. It looks like a fifty million dollar movie when you're looking at it. You know, the the quality of it that's just important to me. You don't have to spend a fortune, but it should look that way. It should look mm-hmm. amazing. And so, uh, yeah, this is what I'm doing now. I'm going to take a, a like a, a two weeks off, and uh, then go to. Uh, to Israel again for the first time since COVID and start, uh, we're already rewriting the, the, the sequel to Rock Road and Rabbi with, I'm writing it with a different rabbi this time. I want to write a bunch of them, but they'll always be with different rabbis because different voices need to be heard. And, and I, I'm just as busy as I could possibly be when most people well, I want to ask you given up you um, know, everything, you know? Yeah. You know, I want to ask you, what is it like? You mentioned a couple of times in, in this journey that you've gone through since leaving uh, today and doing all of these projects, you mentioned following the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh, and I think we mystify, you know, doing what the Lord wants us to do, to do in our lives. It's so easy to kind of think it's more complex than it really is. No, it's uh, so not. what has that journey easy. been like for you? Oh, it's just the, the hardest thing happens when I, when I don't listen to the Holy Spirit and I, and I get ahead of him and I go out on my own and I think that I, I, I have a better path than my shepherd knows. I don't. That's how we all get into trouble in our lives. I wrote a line in my Broadway musical, Scandalous, that says, the trouble with trouble is you don't know you're in trouble till you in trouble. You know? And <laughs> I saw that show, by the way. I know you did, show. Billy. Yes, Thank you. So you remember the character the, 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 that said I that. The trouble with trouble is you and you don't know you're in trouble till you in trouble. And it's true. And uh and and I don't want to be in trouble. I wanna be in I wanna be in joy. I wanna be in purpose. I wanna know that God goes before me and beside me. Because I look back, I, I don't and I'm not the type of person that does look back. But when I do, and somebody comes up to me and says, you did this, or I heard that, or you said something, and all those years ago, I, that's the only time I look back, and it's with gratitude, that there are no crumbs on God's table, and he was using all of it for his glory. Even the trials that I went through in really public ways, I had no idea it would save hundreds of thousands of marriages when I went through my situation with Frank. I had no idea when I went through the you know, sweatshop stuff that we would end up uh, um, uh, um, shining a, a real light on actual sweatshops in the world and changing the world forever with with uh, with with legislation. I mean, you just don't know. It all seems like um, you just don't know because we we cannot see the gla- through the glass yet. You know, it, we see dimly. But yeah. God has a purpose for all of it, all of it. And yeah, it, it's I just listen. I hear him. 
I heard him when I was 12 and he said, Kathy, I love you. And if you trust me, I'll make something beautiful out of your life. The only times my life has not been beautiful is when I'm not trusting him. Wow. And, you know, you have lived such an amazing, fascinating life, too, as you mentioned, in the public eye, the trials, the tribulations, the victories, all of it sort of being being out there. What was the hardest part for you or what has the hardest part been? I mean, you can talk about the rewarding part, too, but I am interested in the toughest part of you know, holding on to your faith in the midst of fame, because that mm-hmm. seems to be something people struggle with quite a bit. Well, it's all I had to hold on to. When I, I was accused of being a child molester, basically, and putting kids uh, to work in sweatshops, I, uh, I, Frank and I were about to open a $14 million home for AIDS and crack babies in New York, where all my Walmart money had gone, you know? And now I'm being accused in Congress. A man stands up in Congress and says that I am a sweatshop operator. And, all, and I, I'm just blindsided by it. It's like I've been a child a, advocate for children my entire life came to know the Lord as a child, started raising money for children, still do, still am. And now all of a sudden, it makes sense to people that I'm going to start putting a few of them to work behind a, a, a sewing machine in, in third world countries. Are you what? You know, you're just blindsided by it. Because, and it's that's what Satan does. That was one of the hardest times of my life because, because we'd been building for several years this, this home for babies. And I went, and I couldn't get anybody to listen to the truth in the media. Even my own network at, at that time was ABC. They they didn't fire me because they knew I hadn't done it, what I was accused of. But they sure didn't stand up for me. Carnival, I'm not Carnival. Carnival, Carnival was great. They didn't do anything. They, they were great. They they were supporting of me. But uh, and ABC, what didn't didn't you know? They thought just not firing me was enough. Really, I didn't do anything. What are you going to fire me for? Anyway, it was hard. And then the next year, the very next year, my husband was unfaithful to me. And that was that was just on every tabloid all over the world forever. That was those are the two darkest, darkest times in my life. And mm-hmm. uh if I hadn't had my faith to cling to, I would have I would be in Betty Ford for the rest of my life, or I would have been in jail for killing Frank, or I would have been in uh, Bellevue for just losing my mind. You know? Um the thing is, a lot of people find God in, in crises, but uh, that's the hard way, everybody. I already had God. I, I already lived with him. In him, I lived and moved and had every breath of my life in my very being. So I didn't have a religion. I already had relationship with the living God, which is why I was already clinging to his hand. I just clung tighter. I just clung tighter and yeah. uh, and and waited it out because uh, because. You have to, because God is also the God of the how and when, like in, in our in our movie. And we don't know how his promises are going to come true. And we don't know when they are, but we can stake our entire life. And we and we do when we are followers of Yeshua, that that he, his promises will be fulfilled. They will not yeah. be fulfilled the way we expect or when we expect it. But we can trust him that he will never lie to us, never forsake us and will keep his promises. And I still am in a perpetual plate of, you know, state of waiting even now for different things in my life, promises that I, I have been given. And I'm, I'm just, but I, now I can look back on a lifetime of experience with my Lord. And I know he's going he's gonna to come through. He's not just going to show up. He's going to show off. Mm. God's just going to, you know, he doesn't just, he doesn't do anything in a mundane way. He shows off, you know. 
I don't know how many of the Israelites or the Hebrews they were at the time thought that God was going to save them when they got to the, to the, uh, the Red Sea. But, uh, you know, the, the, the Moses, I believe, knew that, they, that he'd had a promise from God, that, that God was going to provide. And, but I, I think even Moses was surprised that he showed up and just, you know, raised his staff and parted the sea, you know, just, we have to, we don't have miracles in our lives, you guys, because we don't expect them. God, he loves our trust and our faith more than anything. He just, it just pleases him when we trust him. So I've just started to try to train my brain to expect God. Somebody said, um, what is it? In the morning, Lord, I hear your voice. In the morning, I wait. I, I bring my request before you and I wait with expectancy. So what I'd like to think about with that verse is expect and see. Expect mm. the miracles that God has said to you because he will bring them. He will bring them and he, he it delights in delighting us. Yeah. You know, I think so often we go through uh, different trials in life, or even if you just look at the the, the media today and the news, it's so yeah. divisive. Uh, and you've been through so many trials. You just detailed a few of the ones that you've been through. You're such a hopeful uh, and joyful person. I want to ask, how do you balance uh, being informed and understanding the things that are going on in this world and, and feeling the weight of that, uh, but also as a believer, finding hope and joy uh, to mm. carry us through these different right. things that we all go through. Great question, sweetie. And it's, uh, you know, uh, in the Hebrew language, in, in uh, uh, do you know that there's no word for coincidence in the Hebrew language? It doesn't exist. And that's because um, God is either sovereign God in all things, or he's not God at all. Mm. And that helps me when I remember that. God is sovereign God. Even in this, my God will show up. There are no random events. There's no coincidence, or my friend calls coinkydinks. <laughs> there are God winks, but no coinkydinks. And, and I believe that with all my heart. There are no crumbs on God's table. He will use every calamity. He will bring beauty from every, every fire of the ashes. He will bring forth uh, uh, abundance and refreshment and redemption. That's what, that's the business. He's in the construction business and has been since the very dawn of creation. And he, because he made us in his image, we are co-creators with him. And when we don't co-create with him, we go back to the same chaos that was, that was in the world, in the cosmos, but while his shalom was, was hovering over it at the dawn of creation. I don't want to live in chaos. I want to live in shalom. And, mm. and, and, and I have to seek it every day. I have to seek it every day. And Jeremiah says, if you seek him, he, you will find him. He will be found. It's another one of his promises. And I just believe God. I don't believe the news. I know too many of the people that report the news. I, <laughs> I was, was one of say, them. You've been in this world for a I, long you know, time. I know. I watch them with their mouths move and I go, yada, 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 yada. <laughs> Liar. That's a lie. And I know it's a lie. And I, and I, you know what I do, you guys, instead of despising people or, or just, I just pray for them immediately or mm. else I would be angry and the root of bitterness would take hold. And I, I think I have the kind of joy in my life, Trey, 
in answer to your question, because all along from the very beginning, God told me how important forgiveness is. People started talking badly about me when I was a teenager because I wanted to go into show business. I felt that that's where God was calling me. And they would say the nastiest things. And yet they were Christians. And I remember trying to, you know, I said, Jesus, how would you deal with this? And he said, well, I did, Kathy. I said, forgive them, Lord. They know not what they do. Just Mm -hmm. pray for people, Kathy, immediately. You can't hate people you've just prayed for. You can't resent people you've just said a prayer for. That's a good word. No, right. You know, it just... It, it just, it's an alchemy. It's, it's a chemical thing. You do what Jesus says to do, which is forgive. And, and the heavens are, are expand and they overflow and, and God's Holy Spirit works. And, and next thing you know, 30 years later, somebody apologizes to you like Howard Stern did after 30 years of just relentless evil from that man. Every single day I prayed he apologized. He gave, did he give you an apology? He sure did. He called me up and apologized. And I, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's in one of my books. I think it's called, uh, it's never too late. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole chapter in that book called, about, um, forgiveness and how after 30 years, this man who just, for whatever reason, hated me and it was malicious and did the ugliest thing and everything. And I just kept praying for him. And one day the call came. I'm yeah, it's a, it's, how did you, it's a long story. Say- but I know it's. A, I just have to ask you this, and then we'll let you go because you've been so generous with no, your time. No, I've got time. That's fine. What did you What did you say to him when he? Because I mean, now you said years and years of this. We know it was malicious, and you get this phone call. What was going on in your heart and your well, mind? Well, what had happened? Just if you want to know the brief story, I, um, I was just at the Today Show as every morning. I'd come in. I was in my grubbies, and I didn't have my hair done or my face, anything. Waiting in the my hair and makeup room to get my stuff done, and. Um, I look up at the monitor and there's Howard and I can see him walking in with his huge um, uh, group of people. Uh, and, and he's going to about to announce that he's going to be the new uh, host, uh, the new judge on the, what was it? Uh, America's got talent. And I went, Oh, there's Howard. And I said, I didn't think anything of it. And the Lord spoke very, very clearly to me. He said, Kathy, I want you to go downstairs and say hello to him. I'd never met him. I'd never watched his show. I, I only heard and read about all the all the evil over the years. And I said, okay, Lord, again, listening to the voice. I said, okay, Lord, I will. Now, they had gone to unbelievable trouble to keep me and Howard on different floors and different, <laughs> don't, don't put Howard anywhere near Kathy Lee. It's just going to be, and everything. And I, now I'm getting up from my hair tape uh, chair, my hair chair, and I'm going, and, and my hair makeup people go, where are you going? Where are you going? I said, I'm going to go, I'm going to go downstairs and say hello to Howard. They're like, what? No, no, you can't do that. We're supposed to make sure you don't do that. No. I said, it's fine. The Lord just told me to say hello to him. I'm going to go do it. I'll be right back. I went downstairs, little flats. He's six, six. I'm five, six. And, and, and no makeup and a hair, you know, the whole thing. And I'm going, I find him. I can barely get through the crowd. He's right. I felt like who's that little, little, uh, out, 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 Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and we sat. Kathy was a wee little girl. Just, I'm going, Howard, Howard, looking up. And he goes, he's looking everywhere. And finally, he looks down at me. He goes, ah, he just, he yeah, there's probably a look of fear in his eyes at this yeah, point. Oh my gosh, he goes, I said, I said, I said, hi, I'm, I'm Kathy Lee. I, I think it's about time that we said hello. I just want to wish you all the best on the new, on the new show. And, um, and that's it. Just take care. Have a good day. 
And he goes, oh, yeah, it's crazy, right? Let's just get scripted. And I go, I, I left. I didn't think a thing of it. I go upstairs. I sit down. And they go, what happened? I said, nothing. I just said hello to Howard. I, you know, it was whatever. I flew out that day for my son's graduation from college, from USC film school. And we're sitting at the Beverly Hills Hotel having dinner. And, no, no, no. My plane lands. And I, I, you know, you have to turn your phone off. And I, I, all of a sudden I get these messages. And there's, there's one that says, I don't know the number. It says, no, not, no ID, you know, kind of thing. And I, it goes, Kathy, this is, uh, this is Howard Stern. Uh, my friend had given him my number. And he said, I just, I just got to tell you, I said, I just, I got to talk to you. Can you, can you call me please? I, 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 I just, I'm, I, I've been horrible to you. And I, I feel you were so nice to me today. And I, I, I've been going through, and I, and he, so many F words, so many F bombs. I couldn't, <laughs> I saved it for a year. I just did. Cause it was so unbelievable. But uh, anyway, I didn't know how to call him back. He said, I need to ask you to, for, to forgive me. And I said, oh, I don't have your number. So and it was, you know, I was there with my family. So it, the, we're at dinner and the, and the phone rings again. And I can see that it's the same caller. And so I get up. My husband was not happy, nor, neither was my son. Mom, don't talk to him. Don't talk to him. And I said, Jesus would talk to him. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. So enjoy your, your Brussels sprouts or whatever. <laughs> and I went over to talk to him. And, and for about 20 minutes, I did. And he, be- he said, I- he begged me for forgiveness. And he- you asked, what did I say to him? I said, I said, Howard, I'm so happy for you. You know, anytime you can, you start asking people to forgive you is, is, is the beginning of, 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 of happiness in your life. And you're not a happy man. You never have been. And, and so much of your hurt, the hurtful things you say comes from, I know your background, but you've been so hurt. And I always understood that. And, and, and I said, I, uh, and of course I forgive you. Of course I do. But you got to know that I forgave you 30 years ago when you first started talking to me about, talking about me the way you did. I forgave you 30 years ago, Howard. I'm just, so I've been praying for you ever since. And he goes, wow. what? And I said, yeah. Yeah. And I said, would you like to come to dinner? He goes, at your house? And I said, yes. And he goes, I can't believe that you'd have, I said, Howard, I forgave you. I, 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 Jesus forgave me. My sins, I forgive you of yours. That's the way it works. Did he come to dinner? He didn't, but he invited me to his house for dinner. I couldn't because I wasn't going to be in the Hamptons at the time. It didn't matter. It's just the fact that I invited him. Was yeah. 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 And you guys had that resolution. That... We had a resolution. I've seen him yeah. a few times since then. It's very friendly, and, and we don't even talk about it. It's It was done. It was over. It was over. See, that's it was... amazing. Yeah, but that's that's, that's the God of the how and when. I knew and that's God how was, he changes us. He changes that's us. That's how to, he changes yes. us. Exactly. And if we can't forgive, we we can we cannot call ourselves followers of Yeshua, you guys. If we can't love the unlovely and forgive the unforgivable like Jesus did, we are not his disciples. Flat out not his disciples. He said, they will know you are Christians by your love, not by how many much money you give away, by how many times you go to church, by how, how many scriptures you know. No, none of that matters to God. Do we love the people God puts before us? Do we yeah. love them in a way that that, that hurts? It's got to cost you something. It's it's incredible getting to talk to you always, getting to hear your inspiration. And the one thing, your heart always shines through, the authenticity of who you are, rooted in Christ. And I'm just so happy for you with this film, The Way. Thank it you. hits theaters September 
first as a Fathom event. Mm-hmm. Um, Kathy Lee, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks so much, Billy and Trey. Thank you. And the book is, uh, you can pre-order it now. It's called The God of the Way. So once you see the movie, you can delve, as the rabbis take us, delve deep, 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 deep into the soil of the scriptures and understand Mm. why God did everything he did. So maybe you can come to an understanding of why he's doing what he's doing in your life as well. That was legendary TV host Kathy Lee Gifford. And if you want to know more about her movie, it's The Way, um, which is actually pretty exciting. I can't wait to see it. Trey, what was your what was your thought? We'll get into the movie in a minute, but what was your thought about Kathy and just how candid she was? Yeah, that was what I was going to say is I appreciate how vulnerable she is with her story. And it seems like the further removed I guess she gets from her time in in cable television uh the more honest she gets and the more transparent she becomes even saying like I understand how the news works it's just a business and I understand the cynicism that they kind of give into so I don't know it's just refreshing to hear her perspective on that as a Christian um and then also to hear her willingness to say look this was a trial for me this is something that I struggled with that I worked through that was very difficult but this is how the grace of God has carried me through it I think that that kind of vulnerability um, is encouraging and also humbling. Yeah. And I thought it was particularly interesting. A lot of people like Kathy Lee, they could retire from their full-time TV job, right? Which she had for decades on different shows. And they could just like go right off into the sunset, do whatever they want to do, travel the world, hang out. They've made their money. They can just relax. And yet she shared, you know, that she was actually investing money that she was making from a book project that she did to make more projects for the Lord and actually said that she plans for the rest of her life to do those kinds of projects, pointing people toward God. And I thought that really kind of stuck out to me because I thought, man, what a way to live. You're not really retiring. You're actually pouring yourself into a greater purpose. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know about you, Billy, but there were several things that she said, like different kinds of projects that she's worked on, like acting, obviously, and singing and screenwriting and even writing for musicals. I did not realize that she was that multifaceted. Like she does literally everything. (laughs) Uh, She's like a a Swiss army knife uh, of entertainment, uh, which is, which is pretty cool. So it is neat to see that she's using her, her space and the platform that she has for good. And I think as believers, it's a good reminder to be wise stewards of whatever the Lord has given us, whether it's uh, material wealth or it's property uh, or it's, you know, talent or even just a platform like she has, and she's got kind of a collection of, of all of those things, but she's she's choosing rather than, like you said, just kind of going off into the sunset, living in uh, the lap of luxury and enjoying, you know, whatever she wants to do. She's actually turning around and wielding those tools, those things that she's been blessed with uh, to give them back to the Lord uh, by using them to, to share the gospel. Not just that she's not enjoying herself. She seems like she's very much enjoying her life. Um, but it is cool to see her using her time, talent, and treasure to build the kingdom. Yeah, you know, and she's got this project, The Way. It's a Fathom event, which means it'll be in theaters for one night only on September 1st. And it's a movie that brings together, and by the way, you were saying she's multi-talented. She also is a singer. We had a chance to hear her singing a little bit, um, not in our interview, but right beforehand, and has a beautiful voice. And so 
Um, with that, she's bringing music together in this film the way a number of artists, mm -hmm. Nicole C. Mullen, Danny Gokey, Jimmy Allen, Larry Gatlin, B.B. Winans, and some others are going to be joining her in this one-night-only film to really highlight some key biblical stories and put sort of a modern twist onto them with this really contemporary orchestra music. So I'm actually really interested to see what that looks like. Yeah, and I love Nicole C. Mullen. I grew up listening to her uh, a lot. She was super popular in the early 2000s, so I it was exciting to hear that she had partnered with her and B.B. Winans, and C.C. Uh, Winans, her, his brother, or his sister, uh, just had music come out recently, um, but I hadn't heard anything about B.B., so it's cool to see that he's that he's still out there doing stuff too. So yeah, it's a really cool uh, collection of artists. Um, and another thing, this is a bit different uh, of a different subject, Billy, but I liked what she had to say about Howard Stern. Like, isn't that crazy that she'd written about it apparently, but I didn't know. Um, but her transparency and, and how that relationship has evolved. She's just from the people that she works with to the people that she's crossed paths with. Uh, she seems like she's met everybody. Yeah, well, and I think that that story of forgiveness, yeah. I mean, you see how it transformed him, right? Like her willingness to forgive, how it actually changed him. And I think a lot of times mm -hmm. we want to fight with people, battle with them, fight back when they're nasty to us. Not that we shouldn't defend ourselves, but her approach to that, extending herself in kindness to say hello and, you know, going to him, it seemed to have a radical change on his own heart. So it's just a reminder for all of us that I think is is pretty incredible. Yeah, I think it's a practical example of what it means to turn the other cheek, right? It doesn't mean to be a doormat and uh, let yourself be walked on top of, um, but it does mean to extend charity and kindness and to recognize uh, the human value in other people. Like she didn't say, you know, just dismiss what he had done and just, you know, shrug it off as it's fine. She went and just introduced herself, uh, and that simple introduction. Uh, Probably whether he knows it or not, because, you know, as far as we all know, Howard Stern is not a believer. Um, but there was probably some conviction on him, right? Because he knew his behavior was wrong. Uh, and, you know, like scripture says, kindness is like keeping coals, hot coals on the head of someone who had wronged you. So um, I think it's just a really good practical practical example of biblical forgiveness lived out. So I think uh, that story alone uh, is worth the cost of admission for this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, as always, Trey, we're going to be back next week with another, actually, it might be the week after. We may have a little gap in here because I'm going to be on vacation, Trey. So um, um, we'll have to see you. There may be an episode next week, but we'll definitely be back in two weeks with another episode of the Prodigal Stories podcast. We'll see you then. 